the decisions that these guys made, they are both befuddling and elite at the same time. I can't wait to talk about it. I don't even have any jokes. There's no time for jokes. We must talk about this hand. And Patrick's, you know, crazy melon head. All right, let's do it on right now on The Breakdown <laughs> with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. <laughs> Patrick's crazy melon head. Everyone thinks it. No one says it out loud. Well, I'm calling him out. Melon head. Yeah, that's right. That melon head of his. It's definitely that. If you, if it's soft, that means it's ripe and ready to ready to okay. eat. Okay. <laughs> I'm not seeing it. No, really, no. It just looks like a guy with a shaved head. Doesn't look like a little 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 cantaloupe action there. Come on. Does everybody with a shaved head look like no. they have a melon head? Only Patrick. <laughs> Okay. Patrick the Cantaloupe Antonius. That I've been working on that, trying to get that into the nomenclature for a while, and I, I don't feel the culture's really accepted it yet, but this is me just continuing. I think that guy needs to be taken down a peg anyway, don't you? His life's gone a little too well. Don't you think? Uh, Super handsome. Everything. I was, oh, yeah, I was a professional tennis player, and then I was one of the best poker players ever, too. Super handsome, according to who? Not you, apparently. Well, not you think he has cantaloupe a melon boy. Head. <laughs> Everyone else is thinking, you know, he was a male model. I mean, I think he was a male model, though, sort of like because of the melon head. You know, they're like, we got to, is our token, <laughs> our token weird head dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for the, you gotta sell right. some watches. It's Benetton. It's the United College of Benetton over here. I don't know. I'm stretching. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the look. I'm getting the look right now. People. I, I, no, it's fine. I just don't uh, see it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you've been holding that in for a while. The melon. Head? Oh man, so long. Every time I see him, that's all I think is like. So you don't think Phil Ivy looks? His head doesn't look like a melon. I really don't. No, I think Phil Ivy looks like uh, like a normal dude. But Patrick, I don't know, man. Like, it doesn't look. You don't like want to squeeze. Doesn't look a little bit like a melon to you. I'm showing a well, picture of Phil. I'm Ivy. looking at Phil Ivy's head, and it it looks it. Yeah, this is just a bald head thing, though. Now, yeah, right? yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> so, but you tried to make it about Phil Ivy. I'm making it about bald heads in general. I said, does everybody <laughs> with a shaved head look like they have a the melon? Di- the difference is the way Patrick wears his head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. He has a certain way of head wearing. It's true. There's a vibe there that is, uh, it's, you know, I would call it melancholy. <laughs> I don't know if that's okay. reasonable. Melancholy, really. melon head. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is it like, you think cantaloupe is the right melon? Or is that just the, it's the, the most color. popular? It's the color. Um, you know, um, although really I should be going more for the uh, honeydew now that I think about it, right? Honeydew melon, yeah. Honeydew head. You know That's it's, good. Because you know it's green on the inside. Yeah, and also white on the middle, the really the core. Sure, but cantaloupe sweet is too core. Right. Anyway, <laughs> let's not talk anymore <laughs> about Patrick Antonio's head. <laughs> the brain, the sweet, sweet core of the brain. Um yeah, uh, honeydew, honeydew, Antonius. I'm working on that. That's going to be a thing for him. He's I don't think it is. That. I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to happen. He's going to be like, I've been, I've been riding this 47 year streak of like good luck and perfect living, and now they all call me Honeydew Patrick, and it's I all, hate it. it's all, I hate it. <laughs> it's all over. I can never go back to Monte Carlo. <laughs> exactly. They won't let me in because <laughs> of my nickname. Yeah. My model wife and 12 perfect children will disown me now. because 12 I just children? I don't know. They have at least one It's kid. not Philip Rivers over here. 
Yeah, he's only got eight, I think. I think that is a 2007 number. Yeah, yeah it, could <laughs> you know? it could be. It um, could be. Hey, so yeah, this is a big deal hand. And yeah, it, it really is. It's it basically really is. like we took a time machine back to 2008, and we're like, let's do a hand from then. But it, instead, it happened in 2022. This hand is really remarkable. That's it is. what I, I mean, really, really. Like, there were more, Grant, when he watched the hand, I've seen, I saw the hand when it first happened maybe five days ago, six days ago. Grant just watched it now for the first time. And you said, wow, at least two or three times yeah. during it. There's some surprising things that happened. Yeah. Cards and decisions. Yes. Yeah. And that's why it was suggested by one billion people. I'm going to save the, less, the best for last. Uh, right. Pat Wright, QB, Ruthino, yep. uh, Avram. That I, I don't think we've Avram. got Avram. I don't think we've gotten one from Avram before. So I don't think so either. They're J with lots of A's. Yep. That might may or may not be J Racker. Who knows? It's Probably. On Discord. I'm gonna say it is. West Cannon, one of our solvers. This will not be solved because it's a three way hand all the way to the river. But indeed, Wesley Cannon did suggest the hand. Let me win one. A classic. Ah, it's been a while. Yeah, he's on Discord now. Uh, Casper, of course. Abby or A B A B I E. Mike F. Mark Testart. Chalks thirty three. Magnet Carta, Ryan Davy, Devin, and last but not least, Son of Perv. We've gotten a suggestion from <laughs> Son Finally. of Perv. I've been waiting. Is this a is this a play on Son of Sam? What is this? Oh, it could be that. Yeah, it could be that. It could be that the the dude's dad's name is Perv or Mom. By the way, I guess could be named Perv. Yeah. Do you think this is a self aware name? Then that's like, isn't it weird that one of my parents is named Perv? Um, yeah, I would think so. Or like, it also makes you pretty distinctive to be son of perf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you're the dude whose dad's name is perf, right? Yeah. You're, they, they say you're the one with the perf father. And it's like, oh, uh, technically yes, but also I mean, hopefully but, not. But nobody says it that way. Nobody says you're the one with the Jonathan father. Right. But if, but if you have a weird name, they might say it. Like what? Perf. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. What's a, what's a strange name that almost, I don't know. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. You're, you're the, the one with the Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch father. father. Yeah, you wouldn't say that. No. Would you? Your dad is Benedict Cumberbatch. Your dad is Perf. They could say that. Sure. But that is, now it seems like you missed a, a letter. Also, the word a. why would you say that? Because the person whose father it is knows who their father is. No, but you're saying, oh, your dad is Perf. Uh, like, yeah. you're the son of Perf. Right. <laughs> I yeah. see now. Okay. How is that? Is that hard? <laughs> to be son of perv? <laughs> yeah. Son of perv and everybody else who matters slightly less than son of perv suggested this on Discord and Twitter. Those are two places that you can suggest. It'd be uh, cool if perv was like a nickname for Perry or something I was trying like to do that. a thing and you just... Oh, you were? I didn't know. I thought you were just talking. So I'm, trying to, I'm trying to let the people know where they can suggest. Oh, God. Fine. No, you're right. We should do that. Discord and Twitter. But yeah. Discord is, you know, the preferred method. But Twitter's fine. Twitter's great. But, you know, you should join our Discord because it's fun. It is. There's, there's there's a link in the description. You should join up. There's always stuff happening. Have some good stuff happen there. Yeah. Just like you meet somebody named Son of Perv. How often does that happen? You don't have that happen every day. And yeah, Perry. Or maybe it's like Perry Johnson. Maybe that's a one a first name, Perry Johnson. And so they just call him Perv. Where's the V come from? <laughs> well, you know, that happens sometimes. You just call him Pear. Nicknames. What did you call him Pear? Pear? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would call him. But maybe he's like, ah, I hate being called Pear because it's like the fruit. So I want to be called Perv. Or maybe there's like several Perrys in this guy's class, so they can't all call him. So, and he's the fifth one. So he's Pear v, Pear v, Perv, and it just stuck. That's the way you get there. That's the only that's way. That's the only way. It's the only way. I mean, the only, you know. Okay, we've only been living in the universe where Son of Perv has derived their name from one of their parents being named Perv. Yeah. Of course, there's also the Son of Sam route. 
and potentially other routes to, to landing on the name Son of Perv. And that's what this breakdown is going to be about. <laughs> we don't need to talk about this hand between the three titans of poker right. that is shocking the poker world. We need to talk about how did Son of Perv arrive at their the, Discord name? I mean, there are, as you said, two other very obvious options. One is they're sort of making a play on Son of Sam, which is yeah. a pretty good guess. Yeah. And it's funny. The other one is it's just real. It just is. It's, it's, <laughs> it is. It just is. Yeah. Sure. I don't is know. That, what it's literal. Yeah, I got you. It's actual. Like, I feel like you don't got me. You're just saying it. But there's there's a hollowness to your eyes right now. Isn't that what we just went over? Like the whole other part of the parent's name is perv? That's not what I mean. That would be literal. Also literal would be if your father is a perv. Oh, okay. And you are the son of him. No? I think that's hard to know because perv, pervert is not like an official... Def, defined word like by the law. Right, but you know it when you see it, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there are pervs out there. Let's so not say there isn't. They have kids, of, some of them. If you're a son of perv, yeah. are you more likely to be a perv or not wow. a perv than the, wow. average, than the average person? I mean, statistically, you've got to be more likely, right? Genetically, if there's a, a nature element, certainly, but don't you want to rebel against the old guard at all times? You become you, go, I mean, you become a nun if you're son of perv. I mean, I really can't believe we're going in this direction, even a little bit. I mean, we got a suggestion from son of perv. Of course, we're going in this direction. I understand, but getting into the like, how do you do? Okay, you pass, Does it get passed on? Is we like won't. Pretty we dark. won't. All right, we won't go there. That's dark. That's fine. We can talk about Antonius's melon head. And uh, <laughs> now, the way you say it, it feels like you're taking shots at Patrick. When you say it. <laughs> I'm taking shots at your concept. <laughs> My concept? Your melon head It's concept. a premise. It's not a concept. If you, if you could draw it all, you would be yeah. creating a graphic novel right now called Melonhead. I, you know, computers do that with me anyway. With you. <laughs> yeah, we draw it together. <laughs> <laughs> me nice, and computers. Nice camaraderie there. And the thing is, you can't just call a comic or a graphic novel, excuse me, Grant, um, Melonhead and get away with it. You know, you can't Why? do that. Because that was a candy, bro, wasn't it? Melonheads, probably. I think, I think so. Lemonheads, lemonheads. Lemon yeah. Oh, maybe you can call it melon. Melonhead is just. I feel like that would be seen as bullying, and I wouldn't want the graphic novels audience to be colored by that in any way. So, so, you, so we wouldn't gonna, call it that. What are you going to call it? Call it the Adventures of Melonhead. <laughs> the Adventures of the ugliest, <laughs> weirdest shaped head dude, or something. Oh, weird shaped head guy. That's a cool name, actually, for a graphic novel. Weird Shaped Head Guy. I actually kind of love that. Because it's so, you know, it's like anti-meme. All right. So what, what powers does, or power, or anything, yeah. does Weird Shaped Head Guy have that distinguishes Weird Shaped Head Guy from other people? I would say he draws a lot of focus when he goes into most rooms. <laughs> people are like, what's going on with that dude's Weird Shaped Head? So what's head? an application that would, would uh, give Weird Shaped Head Guy the superhero yeah. moniker? It's, he works better as, a te- as part of a team. Because it's when you need a distraction. Ah. But you don't need one that's an obvious distraction. Because in other movies, it's always like, I need a distraction. And then the dude's running around naked in the freaking, you know, the, the police station at, in Belarus, right? Right, but of course, in you Belarus. Need, <laughs> you, need, you need a weird-shaped head guy just to walk around. And people are like, whoa. And they cannot help themselves. But they don't think... It isn't like he's like setting something on fire and you can later accuse him of something. It's just like, that's just what his head actually looks like. Okay, he's just walking it, here, man. He's walking. Is it... 
Is it a supernatural power, yeah. the amount of attention he garners, or is it simply mm. based on the weirdness of the shape of the head? Because he would think if it weren't a supernatural power and there was this team of heroes that employed weird shape head yeah. guy, then the villains who, of course, know of the team of heroes and know who they have to defeat and, and game plan it would be able to know that weird shape head guy might be on the scene and be like, you know what? Just ignore him. Oh, yeah. That's so easy to do. Okay. Oh, so yeah. You- just just don't look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes it worse saying just ignore him. Now you know you're like, that's all you're thinking about. He's living Rent free in all their heads, buddy, including yours. By the so way, so basically, I can see it. what ends up happening, the manifestation of this power, yeah, is is not supernatural. It's simply the weird shape head. But the villains are aware of weird shape head guy. Yeah. Try their best to game plan for it, but then they enter the fight with the superheroes. And as we know, in superhero versus villain fights, the margins are super thin because they always mirror each other's abilities and have the exact same skills. Of course, they do. So if you can get just that two percent edge of the villain being in their head, like don't look at weird shape head guy. Yeah, that's all you need, and yeah. the good guys win. That is essentially what happens. And then once in a while, you actually get people who aren't even sort of prepared for yeah. him. And it's a blood Just bath. like a, a villain that's been living in the sewer for like 20 years. Yeah, Mole heard. Man type two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's There's a like, oh, shit. There's weird shape head guys up here. Oh, no. <laughs> this guy's amazing. <laughs> I'm, I guess I lose. Yeah. Wait, what you don't get when you're weird shaped head guy very often is the little child who's thanking you for saving them and their parents. You know, like the child has to be old enough or smart enough to really get the context of what you did. Because like you said, there was a bank, you know, hostage situation and suddenly weird shaped head guy was there. But the kids saw Batman. And beating up all the bad guys. So Weird Shape Head Guy just was standing around and like they still have to understand that without Weird Shape Head Guy, Batman may not have succeeded. I keep imagining a, a person who just has the head the the shape of a hammer. That's that's, huh. that's my weird shape. Hammerhead. Yeah, hammerhead. That would be the name of that dude. Yeah, but then that that dude would probably also be able to hammer stuff with his head, like have like a strong. Oh, you don't want that. You just want him to have. You want him to be (laughs) normal. Everything's normal. Just the shape of the head is different. So like, not any harder or no. It's just a hammer shape. Just a really strange shaped head. Yeah. Huh. And that would do what? Distract people. Yes, it would. It would. The whole point of the whole thing you just said. Yeah. But you can't be too obvious about it. Why? That's too obvious. That's you gotta be. You just gotta be Patrick Antonius, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Who I don't see it, by the way. No, I don't see the melon head thing. No, no. But you do. I do. Everyone does. If if you really look, it's sort of like one of those magic eye things too. You gotta get really close to the screen, slowly pull it back, and suddenly it's there. Suddenly you're like, "What is up with his head, bro?" Yeah, it does not. look like a cantaloupe slash honeydew. I don't think I'm gonna see that one. Depending on the light, and I'm the just color. not gonna get there. Yeah. What we should get to is the hand. I really want to. All right. This is going to probably take a while, and if it doesn't, you know, that's also good. Okay. You know, there's all the reasons for things to be short. Absolutely. Uh, 501K, yeah. cash game blinds, high stakes poker. I'm not going to do it. You wanted to, though. We both uh, thought about it. That's the first time I thought about it. It was right then. Yeah. And you thought about it, too, and that's enough. Yeah. It's like the it's like Melonhead guy, right? Like, you, it's there whether you think about it, whether you do it or not, it's still there. You know what you could do is you could you could get a villain in a room and play them the high stakes poker theme song, especially if they've never heard it, and they yeah. can listen to it and be like, wait, what? Yeah. Is that supposed to make sense? <laughs> do I just not know anything about poker? Like, what's uh, what's going on? You just can't help it. Yeah. I know you got to talk about it every time. It's fine. It's fine. It's, I have to. I understand. Well, that, that was the thing. If you're a new listener, that's the thing we were just referring to is Grant's issues with the lyrics of the high stakes poker theme song i mean that's all if you don't have issues with the theme song what are you doing with your life of course you have issues with it well some people maybe just are more focused on other things like what mcdonald's i mean burger king do you know how many um mcdonald's large fries fit into a kfc bucket (laughs) like you know whether you get like a bucket of fried chicken how many large fries yeah how many like if you ordered like 
I want, I want, I want this bucket full of fries at McDonald's, which I actually watched a guy do. They put it, they like use the large fry container oh, and, and scoop them oh, in. Oh, and then so they, like, and they poured it in rather than putting the actual container inside the container. That it, matters. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They poured it in. So how many? 40. No, five. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was five. 40. I don't know. I guess you, I mean, I don't, I mean, wow. You must think either is, the large fries are really small or the KFC buckets is, are is really big. Is five an abnormal number one way or the other? I was expecting it to be an abnormal number one way or the other. Oh, no. It just was. It's just a thing? It was just a thing that was a weird question that I, a guy actually went into McDonald's and really did that. And I watched a minute video. Why? Why did you watch that? Because he had done another video on something else like that that was weird and funny. So I watched that one too. I was like, oh, what's happening with this one? You know how that is. It was a minute long. It's fine. All right. Moving on. Some people are entertained by things like that, I guess. All right. 501K are the blinds. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 501K are the blinds. Okay. Patrick Antonius has 189,000 in front of him. He's in the hijack. He's got two fives. Yeah. He's going to raise to 2,500. Yeah. Small sizing, whatever. That's what they do these days in cash games. Guy named Gibbs. Not going to matter. Trust me. Everybody else is going to matter. Okay. He's going to call in the cutoff with 6'4 of diamonds. We don't care. I Stop don't care. asking questions about Gibbs. Garbage human. Yeah. Daniel Negreanu is on the button. He's got two nines. Yep. He's going to call. What do you think? He's got 225K in his stack. So between him and Antonius, Antonius is the effective stack. Feels like a pretty pristine spot for a raise to throw it back to William Reynolds. It's an okay spot for a raise for sure. It's perfectly fine. Um, it can't be that bad to call, though, can it? I mean, we're no. deep as hell. We're on the button with a hand that... Uh, can flop very well and also pretty well. You know, it isn't like two fours where we're doing it. We're like, we can flop over pairs. So we can flop the best hand, um, even if we don't improve. Are you saying you prefer to raise two fours? No, I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm not saying that. Um, you could see how I would get there, though. I do see how you would get there, yes. Uh, I don't, I mean, I think it's fine to raise this hand for sure. There's money out there to win. We're going to take it down a lot right now. It's all good. Um, but I think it's fine to call also, especially when we're this deep. Right? Yeah, I mean... Antonius is very unlikely to fold to a three bet. Oh, with yeah. Majority of his range. We've seen him be very sticky and also even further aggression, which could be scary for, for Negreanu. But against Antonius with position, you could probably call a four bet with this hand. I think you have to if you three yeah. bet it, unless he sizes it really strange. Which is actually okay considering the level of aggression that Antonius typically employs. The last hand we did with Antonius, we saw him four betting nine seven suited against Garrett Edelstein. I mean, let's play it out for a second. Negreanu makes it 11K. Yeah. Um, it comes back to Patrick, and he decides to four bet. Yeah, um, he's going to make it thirty four, something like that, thirty six. Some he might go smaller. I don't know. Out of position, he may go a little. May, yeah, may even he, Daniel's so sticky, he may even go a little bigger. I don't know, but something like that. Daniel will have to call. I think yeah. another twenty five to thirty k, or certain less for sure on the button with nines, but now he's going to be defensive and really hope to flop. Yeah, and I, I don't have a problem with calling, but yeah, Antonius, as the opener, makes me want to three-bet a little bit more frequently sure. with his with his uh, breadth of of his range, but also because he he doesn't fold a lot pre-flop. You know? right. So like you could just purely get value. Yep, that's true. This is exactly the kind of hand where you can be depolarizing your range and have more three-bets yep. against guys who don't fold once they open. Right. That's a great point. Right. But mostly, I, I, I dig a call here. I mean, I do. Even with the Gibbs call in between? Does that yeah. make you want to three-bet a little bit more? Yes, it does make me want to three-bet a little bit more. Um, we don't have a blocker. This hand still plays pretty well. We have position. The deeper we are, the more our position has value. You know, I can make cases for calling here. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, small blind folds. Philip Ivy is in the big blind. He's famous. 
He's got King 10 off. He's going to call for 1,500 more. Of course, of course. he is. He's got 245K in his stack. And we have Negreanu, Ivy, and Antonius in a cash game hand. It's, it's the good old days. Get ready. Yeah. This is nothing. Get ready. The flop is something. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. 11,500 in the pot. Five of clubs. That's a set for Antonius. Nine of diamonds. That's a set for Negreanu. Ten of hearts. That's top pair for Ivy. I mean, that's pretty crazy start. Yep. Ivy checks. Sure. What do you think about leading? Four ways with a pretty good top pair. I don't hate it at all. I think leading makes a lot of sense here, yeah. actually. Now, if, if we led as Ivy, we'd probably end up folding on the flop because... Which would be great. Yeah, that'd be wonderful, I'm saying. But like someone would probably raise it, and someone else... like wouldn't be surprising if it goes raise-call in front of us, right? Yeah. And we can just throw our hand away. Or call-raise, and we might throw our hand away. But leading, it's often, as you said, going to check through. We often have the best hand. Leading makes a lot of sense. Yeah. In practice, people don't lead very often here, but... This feels like a spot for a lead. I think it's just a very reasonable thinning lead. Thinning the field has a lot of value here. Yep. Yep. And we're out of position. It's going to be hard. You know, there's a lot of bad cards on the turn, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like a lead a lot. Yeah. Um, anyway, he checks. Okay. Which is the standard play. Sure. Antonius, of course, is going to bet bottom set because it's the dream to flop bottom set as the aggressor. Oh, man. This is a... Even though there's it's a rainbow board, it's still a wet board with 9-10 out there, yeah, right? Yeah. Lots like, of straight draws. Lots of straight draws. Yeah. So he bets 5K... A little bit less than half pot. Do you think you should have sized it up a bit? I think I would be inclined to size it up. Maybe because there's uh, three other players in the pot. He just thinks, like, it's not that important to size it up. Like, we're going to, if we're heads up, maybe it matters a little bit more. But I mean, just for value to size it up, yeah. right? Because, like, all of those straight draws at this stack depth, they're going to call anyway, unless they're the very, right. wor- the very worst gut shots will fold, but whatever, that's fine. But, like, any open ender is going to call. King Jack's going to call. King Queen's going to call. Absolutely. Like let's get let's maximize value and charge them the most that we can. By the way, top pair is not folding either, and neither is a nine most of the time. Maybe yeah. Gibbs would fold a nine, maybe, but like the other two guys probably aren't going to fold a nine. Probably not. Um, I mean, if Negranu folds, which you know we know he won't because he's got a set. Also, Gibbs would probably call with a nine with just Ivy. Behind Gibbs him. is before Negranu, so. Oh yeah. Well then, never mind. That's why. That's why I, I was see saying, why you said that. Yeah. Then. Yes, Gibbs would probably fold a nine. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good reason to, to make it more, too. Um, this has got to be that this is how much Patrick bets on a board like this four ways as the aggressive, right? It just has to be because it does make sense to size but there's it a up. theoretical argument for betting more all of the time if you're going to bet on a board like this four ways because you're yeah. very infrequently going to be betting even as the preflop aggressor. Like, I agree. You're not betting ace-queen here, right? No way. This is yeah. a, this is, we're really only betting if we have a reason to bet. Yeah. So in theory, and this board is not you know normally good for our range, but maybe for our betting range it is good since we're only betting when we have a reason to bet. Yeah. So, so then again, bet. Maybe, that, maybe then we can size it back down as a result because our range is stronger again. Yeah, but it's more about frequency than it is about strength as far as sizing. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I don't think that's true. Hmm. It could be both. Like, um, one of the reasons why we bet more on, like, uh, a bad board for us is because it's bad for our range, right? So we want to charge more for all the middle, middling stuff. Yes, but... But, but it also is about frequency. I guess what I'm saying is... What's inherent in the frequency is how good it is for your range. Like, you're going to bet more on, on boards that are good for your yes, range. Yes, you are. So right. I, I think you're taking it maybe a step too far with that because then you're okay. deciding to choose the hands that we do bet, which actually are good hands, and make, using that as an argument for yeah, that's true. the same thing, which doesn't make any sense, really. So I don't know. When we're forehanded, I think a lot of the other stuff sort of goes out the window, right? Like, we're forehanded. Like, none of that other stuff should matter. We're not bluffing almost ever on this, unless we have a big draw, right? Yeah, I mean, so, do you think we bet a hand like King Jack or King Queen, or do we just check that? I think we check that. Four ways yeah. on this board? Check I think we just check it. 
check, check call once call, yeah, I guess. and like hope to hit some paint on the turn, right? I guess. I think that's what you're doing. Like, so you're betting you're betting seven eight and queen jack though, right? And jack eight suited. I think so. Yeah, yeah. All those we're betting. Yeah, because it's a premium draw now, right? And yeah. we want also if we get there, we don't want to suddenly wake up. We want to be, have been betting the whole way, right? Yeah. And also, it benefits more from getting folds, right? Because we because we're not going to fold ourselves, um, very often at all. But king queen, like, there's lots of ways. Like, we're happy to fold on the turn if we don't improve, and even depending on the size, we might sometimes fold on the flop, depending on the size and the action. Right. So basically, the only combos in the whole deck that we're betting, this is going to sound like a lot, but is not compared to our opening range, are four combos of 7-8 suited, maybe four combos of jack-8 suited. We assume he's opening that because he's Patrick. Sure. Let's say he is. 16 combos of queen-jack because he's Patrick. Yep. Um, and then the nine combos of sets that are available and 9-10 suited. And then uh, are we doing all over pairs? I think all over pairs and all top pairs. Okay. All right, because top pairs are essentially at worst ten eight, yeah, suited. That's like as bad. Maybe I don't think he's opening ten seven suited. Maybe think. though, who knows? But okay, whatever. Like we'll figure it out later. We're Patrick, but yeah, I think I think we're betting top pair and better effectively as well. Yeah, I mean we could split that mm-hmm. into different sizes too. And look, we're gonna check some of the some of that range too that we just said we're betting, right? Of course, because yeah. we can't have our check range be only the obvious right. super weak stuff. Right. But mostly, mostly we're gonna bet that. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just want to bet more. That's very reasonable. Yeah. Anyway, Antonius bets 5K into 11.5. I'm a little surprised that it's as small as it is, having said all of that. I was right. surprised when I saw that. 5, like, nine, ten rainbow. Yeah. Gibbs folds. Bye-bye. Of course. Daniel Negreanu, set of nines, middle set. Here we go. What is your preferred action? Uh, my preferred action, I mostly raise right away. Yeah. We got... Patrick betting this board four into three opponents. Mm-hmm. Patrick, as we well, look at the range we just gave him, right? We yeah. just gave him all every hand in that range, I think, calls. Yeah. I think every single one that's betting. Like, it's either a big draw or a top pair or better. I think all of it calls. If he somehow can have ace nine, maybe he can fold that. Yeah. But I don't even know if he's betting ace nine. I yeah. would be surprised if he's betting ace nine. I think we should raise right now. We should assume we're not getting value out of... We're not going to try and keep Phil around. I'd rather fold out Phil. Phil has infinite straight draw combos that I want to fold all of out. Mm. Yep. We can get rid of Phil. That's fine. If Phil wants to stick around after a raise, that's fine too. We're charging him more. We can, we can play a big pot right now. Yeah. Um, if Patrick's got jacks or whatever... He just can't fold to us, right? He just Not can't. Yet. I mean, Jax does block queen jack. It does, draw. but it doesn't block seven, eight suited. It yeah. doesn't block jack, eight suited, which we're in the ground. We it, can have that Jax on the Jax definitely blocks jack, eight suited. Okay, it does. That's a great point. But we can also have other things. We can have king, queen, and decide to raise sometimes to us, Daniel, right? Yeah. Um, there's just no way it can fold right away. There's just no way. So, so I think Daniel should raise right now. Yeah, I like that too. Now, Obviously, he shouldn't always raise middle set right now. He should have some calls. Yeah. But I think the vast majority should be a raise here. I mean, if we're, if we're going to raise most of our sets, it feels like top set is the one to call with if we're going to choose one. Right. Because we just crush the board more. That's, that's great. Yeah, like Patrick doesn't have very many nines anyway. Yeah. So if any, so like what, except 10-9, right? So like it's not as big a thing. That's a great point. And I, and I do really want to knock out Ivy straight draws. I mean, he has something like... 90 combos of straight draws, you know, some like insane amount of straight draws I mean, available in his Sure, range. he was in the big blind. He also has a million other things. Yeah, that's true. So whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's a big part of it from, yeah. from my point of view. I think it's just about getting value from Patrick because he decided to bet. He just has a hand a lot. I agree. That's a major part. Yeah. Anyway, Negrano just calls. Okay. 
All right, Phil so, Ivey. It's already interesting decision number one, the grounder just calling. There's going to be more. Yeah, for sure. That is interesting. Phil Ivey in the big blind, sitting there with a good top pair, King 10. Is there an argument for raising at all? Wow. Now that, now that there's two players in the hand. I mean, I think there, you would never have an argument for raising if uh, the grounder would fold it and you're just heads up with the aggressor. Usually one of these guys has uh, one of the draws, right? Yeah. Like Queen Jack is just sitting there for one of these guys to have. Yeah. Um, now, if we raise right now, that hand isn't folding anyway. No. So, but king queen is. King jack is. Yeah, that's true. We do block those, but whatever. Um it still it still is folding. I don't know, like we don't want to make a huge mistake here, right? Like if we if we put in a raise, like we can get blown off the hand too. That's usually not a mistake if if we get three bet here, like how often is is Negreanu or Antonius really three betting with an open editor? Not that often, especially when Ivy could have all the two pair combos. Yeah, that's out of the true. Big blind. That's a good point. This is an interesting idea for Ivy to raise right now. Um, I mean, he is losing to a lot of stuff. Let's remember, Patrick did decide to bet into these three players, right? Yes, Patrick's so, Patrick's range is beating King Ten so most of the time. That seems like a bad reason to raise. Yeah, right there. Yeah, like if he's going to call with all the better hands, which he, I think he is. Yeah. Then like and call with a few worse hands, mostly better hands. And Negrano's also here with we don't know what, but probably would then overcall if he's got like a big straight draw. It's not an overcall. Negrano just made the initial call. No, I understand. But oh. if we raise and Patrick calls, Negrano would be overcalling the raise. Oh yeah, but you're assuming we're, we're talking about whether or not Ivy should raise, right? Yeah. So so if Ivy raises and Patrick calls, because yeah. I'm saying he's got a good enough hand that he's probably calling. Yeah. Negrano's often going to overcall with all his draws. You can't blow him oh, out of the water. Oh, with his draws, water. yeah. But you get out, you get his nines out of the way at so least. So what? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but so what? Yeah. I mean, we've not got a little bit of equity. Is it that? I don't think that's nearly a good enough reason. No, right? I agree. Like, we're out of position of two really good players who are often both calling. Like, that's not great. Yeah. With the hand where we're not really going to know where we are either. Like, yep. This is, these are the typical reasons that, that good players don't raise top pair in spots like this. Yeah. I just thought it was, this was a spot worth exploring. It's an interesting idea. And, like, a lot of good things can come out of raising right now. Yeah. For sure. Um, but we're also going to be out of position, still deep in an expensive game, you know, a high-end a high game yeah. here, even for these guys, I think. Uh where, you know, not that that part should matter. Of course, that shouldn't matter. It shouldn't, but you keep bringing it up over and over well, again fun, on the it's breakdown. Fun, it's fun it's to great talk about. Jonathan Levy. It's fun to talk yeah. about. Um, you know, I think if they were playing smaller, Ivy might make a, make a move at this a little more often, too. Like, but, you know, That's like a, we see stuff like that. I mean, happen. it would be the same logic behind the play, though, and we still would think it was probably not the good play. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Um, I think we're just supposed to pot control here and call and see what happens on the turn. If it checks through on the turn, we usually have the best hand on, on safe turns, right? Yeah, I think that is the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, it's just like, it does suck how many bad turn cards there are and how in, in such opaque water you are. You have no idea what's I going know. on with your opponent's hands. I know, and we're out of position too. It's really tough. This yeah. is a really tough spot. But we flop top pair and we just can't even consider folding, right? Yeah. And raising feels like an overplay. It does. It does. So Ivy's going to make the call. Okay. Makes sense. And you better call yourself a therapist because nitrogen bedding is going to break you down and destroy your self-esteem. All right. <laughs> you actually were the, finally the one who brings up the ad. I know. It never happens, but yeah. I saw it. You did I it a little it. bit wrong because it's, nitro, it's nitro bedding. What, oh, did I say nitrogen bedding? Yeah. Let me try again. Yeah. You better call yourself a psychologist because you're going to need some Ritalin after nitrogen is done with you. Oh, wait, nitro bed. Damn it. One more time. 
you better you better get your psychiatrist. No, you better call up a psychiatrist because you're going to need to go over some of your mama issues after nitro betting's broken you down into a million pieces of sadness. <laughs> Excellent. That? that was better. That okay. was better. Although Let's you kind of one. you kind of did the wrong examples for nitro for um psychologist for psychiatrist. Oh, uh, I was wondering I never know which is which. Psychiatrist is the one who can actually prescribe it. Oh, that was ah, it was right there. Yeah. Psychiatrist Psych- prescribe psychologists Help. What do they do? Help. Okay, I'll try and remember. That's a good mnemonic. Yeah. I'll always remember it now. Yeah. <laughs> For people who are new, this is how we do the ads. This, this is, is a, the ad. Yeah, and you have no idea what the product is. Yeah, that's the deal. Yeah. Just, All right. Just do the thing <laughs> <laughs> that we are compelling you to do in the ad. Yeah. In this case, be sad. Yeah. Really, really sad. But beyond that, you should uh, use the link in the description to right. sign up for Nitro Betting, which is, of course, an online casino that includes poker, a wonderful place to be. Um, it has the old Poker Guys monthly tournament. Even if you signed up for Nitrogen Sports in the past, that's a vestige of the current Nitro Betting brand. You need to sign up again using the Nitro Betting link, or else you don't get access to that tournament and other cool promotions that Nitro does for Poker Guys people. By the way, they have right now, they are currently running in Nitro Betting some awesome bonuses, 100% up to 25 millibits, which is like $750 these days in Bitcoin value, um, for a poker, sports, or casino as a deposit bonus. That's pretty sweet. Yep. So you got to use the link in the description, though, baby. Or you're basically a melon head. Uh-oh. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be the distraction guy. You want to be the hero. Yeah, you want to be <laughs> You want to be non-melon head guy. Yeah. So even, as Grant said, even if you've signed up in the past with Nitrogen Sports through us, this is a new thing, new website, new link, whole deal. Takes no time, by the way. It's just a name and a password. You're done. Yep. Get do in there. it. Do it. We will chat with you if you do it. Only if you do it. Otherwise... If not, you got to call up a psychologist. You will be blocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to have a lot of issues. Because a, psych- wait, wait. a psychiatrist prescribes yeah. and a psychologist helps. Yeah, that's right. Boy, psychiatrists are going to be very upset about that mnemonic, aren't they? I'm... I'm going to guess there are some psychologists who like to say stuff like that. Like, yeah, psychiatrists, yeah. they just push the paper and they give you the drugs and they say, ah, I did my job. They're essentially but what I do, What I do is I doctor the soul. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get in there. You want, you got mama issues? I'm going to get deep in there. We're going to figure them out. Yeah. It's, the psychiatrist is like, here's a pill. It'll yeah. work. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pay me a lot more money than you paid the other guy because yeah. he doesn't he doesn't get this prescribed pill. He doesn't have access to these cool drugs. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Who's gonna need cool drugs after this one? It's looking like probably not Daniel Legranu at the moment. Right now. But wait. Cause shh, the turn's gonna change everything. <laughs> if you say so. Well, it'll change things a lot. Twenty six thousand five hundred dollars in the pot on the five nine ten rainbow board. The turn is the ten of clubs. It is the second club. More notably, it is a third ten for Phil Ivy. I mean, it it is so it is so sick that really the only cards that are gonna keep Phil Ivy around, most likely, is a king or a ten. Yeah. There, there's five of them left, and a ten is way worse than a king. Oh yeah, course. king brings in Queen Jack. You gotta have, yes. have to be a little worried about Every, that. And he, everyone's gonna be it's gonna kill us some action yeah. and everything's gonna be more chill. The ten though is like I well, I'm married to this hand now. Obviously, like. Antonius and Negrano were a little bit worried about ten nine being out there and for Ivy maybe ten five suited, but also Especially in the case of Antonius, you would have expected to hear from that hand from your opponents um, on the flop a lot of the time. That, and of course, Negrano blocks 10-9 pretty hard. There's yeah. only three combos, two combos, two combos of 10-9 left from Negrano's point of view. For, for Antonius, but for Ivy, it's more, right? Because he has unsuited combos. 
Or is there still no. only two? No, there no, is there's just only. two combos. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. There's two tens and one nine. Yeah, you're That's right. That's it. So it's not a big fear, really. Right. There's one combo of quads. I mean, I, I, you don't think Phil Ivey's going to have the quads, but like, it's. There, that's almost, it's only twice as likely as quads anyway. I mean, it's just not a likely holding. It's yep. not a real concern. Yep. All right, is there an argument to lead now as Phil Ivey? I think there is. Yeah? I mean, if Patrick had queens and Daniel had queen jack, it's going to go check, check all day, right? Yeah. Like, there's no way Patrick's betting, yeah. again, unless he has a monster. Um. And Daniel, I don't believe, because Phil called as well on the flop, Phil looks like he's got three tents. Yes, he does. So what are we doing here? Like, we're going like, to basically give them a free card? It doesn't sound like a great idea. Although, actually, Queen Jack now isn't as big a problem because the king makes us a full house. Right. So it's, that part's good. It's not about the free card that we're worried about. It's just about value. Getting, getting value. Yeah. I mean, the problem is the face-upness of it all, right? Like, I mean, it looks exactly like a 10. Doesn't an overpair have to fold if, if Antonio's has it? Because he's got it. Daniel behind him will also race to have trip 10s Maybe a lot? not if it's not queens or jacks, because Ivy has enough wiggle to his waggle that you might put him on queen jack. But what about Daniel behind you? You yeah, still have Daniel. Yeah, that's a problem. I think you have to fold aces here if, if Ivy just leads. Yeah, I think you're right. So getting value is going to be tough. It's going to be tough on the river anyway, but... It is, but if it checks through, it's a, we might get one call. We might. I don't know. I still don't hate a lead, having said all that, because, like you're saying, if we're only going to get one call anyway, let's bet now. Maybe we get value out of Daniel's queen-jack, or maybe Daniel's got trip-tens. Daniel could have jack-10 or yeah. queen-10 really easily here. Yep. And we could, Now, he's going to bet anyway if it checks right. through. So it's not as big a deal. Nope. But we can sort of control the pot and make sure money... I don't know. I don't know. If this I is think a good I think idea. leading is is a little bit too focused on Antonius and not enough on Negranu because we're worried about getting value from overpairs or something. We're never going to get value from an overpair by leading. Yeah, it's just going to fold. So we're Unless just we bet super. We're tiny. just too concerned about it checking through, which I guess is fine. It can I, just check through sometimes, and that's fine. Yeah, and we are protected now against Queen Jack by having a king in our hand. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. So yeah, checking seems to be the right play. I guess so. That's what Ivy does. Okay. We always try to find a lead. You know, we're always it's good. trying to find a lead. It's good to try. Yeah, I never do it in practice, but I always try to find. I it do it do a break. very, very rarely, and uh, it feels very awkward. Yep. When I do it, and usually I think the more I think about it, I often come back to. I probably shouldn't have let it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a reason that it's not that common of a practice yeah. among good players. But I like it. I like doing it. It's kind of cool, even though it's awkward. And it does throw different. people off. Yeah. Which is good. Anyway, anyway, Ivy does check. Yeah. With his trips, Antonius checks. Yeah. This one, I don't know what to say about because obviously this is usually a great card for us. At least one of our opponents usually made trips, right? That's, yeah. That's a really common outcome. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, we are, we might fold out, if we bet big, we might fold out all of the straight draws, which I guess maybe we're trying to avoid because we have those drawing dead. Yeah. I think that's a lot of what's going on here. Yeah. I think he's thinking like, if Daniel has Queen Jack, Daniel's probably just going to check because it looks because if Daniel has Queen Jack, he assumes Phil Ivy has trip tens. Yeah. Daniel's going to have trip tens, though, a fair amount. Um, and bet, and then, I don't know, is, but would Phil Ivey call with Queen Jack anyway? I don't know. Aren't we getting one bet no matter what we do here? It, you would think? Now, based on the hands, we see that that's not the case, but, like, wouldn't we assume we're getting one bet whether we check? Uh, actually, we, we, we threaten losing, because if Daniel's got Queen Jack, maybe it just checks through, but if Daniel's got trip, we make sure we get a bet out of trip tens from these guys. Not from Phil. 
What if what if Daniel has queen jack and he checks, and Phil has the hand that he has, and he's already checked? That's why I'm saying checking's a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I, saying I like, I... but if we bet, we make sure whoever's got trip tens will pay. Yes. Because one of them is going to have to pay, if not both of them. Yeah. Right? If they both have a ten, great. It's going to be a weird spot. That's not our problem. That's mm-hmm. their problem. You know. Yeah. I find it very strange that this is that this check happens. I think it must be based that he believes that of all the hands that Negreanu called with on the flop, he's going to bet a huge majority of them. Yeah. Like. Including Queen Jack, perhaps. Maybe maybe Antonius thinks. Don't believe it. Yeah, because how can he bet with Ivy in the hand too? Yeah, if if Ivy weren't there, it's a different story. Maybe it's that. Okay, maybe this is what it is. Perhaps Patrick is just aware. Like that's a bad card for my range. Yes, I have trip ten sometimes, but I have all the overpairs which would check here and be very scared. Right? Yeah. So if I bet, it just looks too strong, and it is strong, and I do have it. But the thing is, because he actually doesn't have a ten in his hand. They can have the tens. So right. I don't know why we're not just going to go for value right yeah, now. If we're, like, Who cares if it looks that, strong? That logic is all based on trying to get value out of non-trips. Right. Which is hard to do in, in any case. In this case, we're trying to get value out of trips. Yeah. So it's it's strange to me that this is well, that we do it this way. Well, maybe he has such a good read on Negrano that he's like, that guy's got fives full beat. I can tell. I don't believe that. I'm Melonhead. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now, you have to do that, obviously, yeah. during the hostage situation. Yeah. Um, huh. Is it possible? No, no, there's no real... I'm just trying to think if there's even other things he could be doing here. He could be going to check raise if Daniel bets. Just thinking. It feels like, like you sh- might be turning yourself into game three disaster land. Like, you're getting at least close to it. Nah. I mean, come on. Game through disaster land. If Daniel has ace ten, he's gonna fold. Is he gonna call with all the tens though? Like Jack ten, is he gonna call? I don't know. I don't know. It does look very strong if we check yeah. raise in. All in. Very, ace, very ace ten is never beating value if we check raise. Um. Yeah, maybe not. So I guess we. It would be a very creative line with Queen Jack if we're Antonius if we're gonna try if, to get. Maybe, to tell the story that we don't have it. Maybe this is one of those spots where, like, yeah, if we have some bluffs here as a check raise, we want to unblock the trip tens when we actually are doing this with value so we can get called. Mm-hmm. So maybe that, so it's like, I can do it with a few sets and I can do it with a queen jack once in a while. And besides that, I'm like just, you know, betting normally here. I like a bet and not to be all super fancy. This feels yep. like a super fancy check. It does. I don't know why we're doing it. But hey, maybe he knows. Maybe he just knows. Right. Well, Negrano's okay. sitting there with the best hand with nines full. I mean, this is an incredible pot control play to check here. It's an amazing pot control play, but it can't really be. Well, that's what it's about. It can't be. All right. Negrano has to bet, right? Yes. Nines so, full. Somebody's Ivy looks like he's got trip tens. Come on. Of course we have to bet. And by the way, if Ivy folds, then Patrick may decide to call with an overpair now, right? Because Negrano, in theory, at least could have a straight draw. Yeah. I don't know if he really can, but in theory, he could. But Negrano checks, and then he mucks his hand. <laughs> he just throws it in the yeah. before the river. Yeah, he's even like, goes? I, he's like, I can't win this thing. <laughs> I'm drawing basically dead here, yeah. right? No, he doesn't check. Oh, okay, good. he bets pot. He bets 26k and a 26.5. Okay, so That's now check raising. Bet. Check raising is pretty much off the table for Antonius with that size bet, right? Why? Because it's like now, now we're really gonna be entering game three disaster mode. I think if we check raise. When when Negrano sizes it this big, if Negrano is ace ten, you really think he's gonna fold? I think there's a chance. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's true. Uh, Negrano's finally saying he has something. Yeah, like he's saying I have a. I mean, he's polarizing. And then you fairness. raise anyway. Okay, but would you? Oh, would you rather attack the the time when he doesn't look like he has anything? I mean, you want to attack the strong range when you've got a full house, right? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, not if a, not if trip tens is going to fold. 
if right, not if it's going to fold, but I don't think it's reasonable to think like a strong trip chance is going to fold. It's. I mean, I think it's it's worth. It's, this isn't a tournament. This isn't like you know I, the I final know. table, of the main event. That doesn't mean that the hand is a good hand to call with. I mean, it might it might actually be wrong to call with trip tens against the check raise line. If Patrick can have Queen Jack here, which was part of the thing we're talking about, yeah. right? I mean, like, that, that was under the assumption that Antonius is planning a check race. Right, which I don't know that he is yeah. by any means. But if he is, and he's also doing it with Queen Jack, then we have to call with Ace-10, don't we? Yeah, but if how Patrick do we... can have bluffs, which, by the way, he's Patrick. I sh- he should be able to have bluffs. I guess, but, I mean, don't do, we we, to... do we have to call with King-10? Queen-10? I don't know. Jack-10? Like, I don't know. It gets a little sticky. I don't know the answer to those questions. That gets tough, I, yeah. I grant you. Well, let's find out if he check raises. Because, you know... Well, we got another big decision before that. Yes. So Negreanu has bet 26K. Okay. Ivy's got trip tens. A good trip tens. He cannot raise. Can't raise, of course, but... He cannot fold. Can't fold, but, like, he can feel a little queasy about it, right? Oh, he can hate it. But but right now, we can very well be ahead as Phil Ivy. We're not. We're losing everywhere. But we can be beating the overpair of Patrick, and we can be betting, be beating the worst 10 of Daniel. Yeah. Daniel can be betting... Forget about Queen Jack. He can be betting for value, and we can be beating him. Yeah. So I would feel like... I'm definitely losing sometimes here. Daniel sometimes got 10-9. Uh, sometimes he's got ace-10. That's what it feels like I'm losing to, right? Not, not the pocket nines. It's hard well, to Well, 10-9 see and pocket nines feel equally likely based on the flop. Disagree. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because they both would have yeah. raised or Oh, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and there's about the same amount of combos of them, too, yeah. right? Okay. But those feel like those two and ace-10 feel like... The th- and ace-10, like, really makes sense, right? Yeah. So, like, this way we get to sort of, like... N- not scare away the worst hands. Cause like we were saying, if Patrick check raises, what if Phil check raises like Jack 10 hates his life? I don't know. Can Jack 10 call it a Phil Ivy check raise? I literally don't know the answer to that. Like, I don't, what are we supposed to do? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But so for, so, so calling makes a lot of sense then, right? Calling makes sense. We should expect Patrick to fold behind pretty much hundred yes. percent of the time. Like if he yes. has aces, he's going to fold. He has to fold aces here when we call. Cause when Ivy calls, he has trip tens or better. Yep. Like he, he doesn't have a nine. It's just he just doesn't. I think he almost always has exactly trip tens. Yeah, like it's really hard for him to have a full house. Yep, not impossible, I guess, but really hard when Ivy just calls here, right? Which is what he does. It's like Ivy's been forced to play this hand entirely face up, but that sometimes that's just what you have to do. It's the deal. And but right now, as Ivy, we can say like, if Patrick folds, we like have the best hand. Uh, probably more more often than not, probably. But if Daniel. if Negreanu pots the river, another thought experiment, then it's we. Whew. It's pretty tough to have the best hand. Then it gets tough. It gets tough. You know, we can we can we were in the big blind. We can have worse tens. So Negreanu, would Negreanu pot with like Queen Ten is the question, right? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't, but maybe he would because. We have a, we, it's, it's surprising that we have a good 10. It's not surprising we have trip 10s, but a good 10 is a little surprising. Yeah, I guess. So maybe there, there might be value. It's not going to be great. We probably are going to have to call. Yeah, man. This is a really tough spot already. That's, that's the thing that really sucks. This is the hidden, the hidden cost of the great price you get in the big blind. Yeah. Is, is these types of decisions that become far more ambiguous because your range is more expansive. I know. I mean, in fairness, though, Phil has some outs. Phil has four outs to, to the nuts yeah. here. You know, that's good. Yeah, you could win. I guess, it, I guess the king isn't the nuts, no, but, it's, but it's, the near it'll nuts. Win. it's the near nuts. Yeah, it'll definitely win. Yeah. All right. Well, Phil calls. What else can you do? Nothing. So now that Phil's called, can Antonius ever check raise? You mean because it looks too strong? Like, we've got a bet and a call. Like, yeah. So combinatorially, we have to really be hoping they both have a 10. 
Right. At this point. That's exactly what we'd be doing. You'd be a little concerned that that's less likely for them both to have a 10 than for one of them to have a 10. And then what does the other guy have? Queen Jack. Daniel, Daniel has to have Queen Jack yeah. and Phil has to have a 10. Or they just both have a 10. Like, Phil is in the big blind. Daniel can have Jack 10 suited. Or yeah. Daniel can have Ace 10. It could be Ace 10 and any 10. For okay, but, he, but now that Ivy's called, if we yeah. check raise, can we expect to get called by a 10 by either player? I don't know. Okay, if Daniel has Ace 10, maybe. I'm going to stay on this Ace 10 train. Even with Ivy bit. behind. Yeah, because it looks like Ivy has yeah. trip 10s. What are we afraid of? Yeah. Right? Um, if we're Daniel. So we're afraid of we're beat by freaking Patrick, but we're not afraid of Ivy. Mm-hmm. And so we may feel obligated to call as Daniel with Ace 10. We just may be like, what? Am, I mean, I mean, I, I, there's a lot of hands I can fold here. I can't fold them all. This, hands, this hand is really good. Really good. We have to believe that Patrick would pull the trigger on the Queen Jack check raise bluff after right. the bet and the call. And the bet ended up being pot size and not a more normal size. The other thing is, though, Patrick... I, maybe, maybe you don't think this is possible, and maybe you're right. Um, we might be chopping with Patrick. If Patrick check raises here. He might have ace-10 also. I don't know, man. I mean, we don't have very many full houses. We called the flop. Ivy almost always has trip 10s. Yeah. Patrick should think he's ahead with ace-10 most of the time. If we're in a grind and we have ace-10, we know that Phil has a 10, right? Uh, we're pretty sure Phil then has a 10. Then Patrick yeah. doesn't have ace-10. That's a great point. That's yeah. a great point. I don't know, man. I, I would never check raise in this spot as Patrick. I don't think there's value to be had. But yeah, but not because you think you're losing, just because you think you can't get value. Yes. Because you're figuring to fold everything. I think I am sometimes losing, of course. Like it's very possi- rare. Yeah, but it's possible. I mean, we are, but very rare. But I do feel like if I make it 75K, I'm just going to fold both of yeah. my opponent's trip tens out and be like, oh, cool. By the way, we would be denying some equity. That's true. There's, there is equity. Yeah, there's six outs us. out there, usually six that we're, we're there's trying more. to avoid. There's more. There's more. If we oh, have fives, all the nines. All the nines, yeah. Right. So there's nine outs. Nine outs. Yeah. Okay. I and mean, that's not nothing. Yeah. That's like 22% of the time. The pot is big. Yeah. I'm not saying we should be like trying to just protect the pot here. Of course, we should only be doing it if we can get some value too. But it's not the end of the world to deny equity here. And, yeah. you know, if they decide to call with their, with their 10, great. You know, that, that's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But- I don't think it's awful to check race, but I understand your point and your, your concern about it. And I, I understand why you might decide to call. Even if the plan was to check race with Daniel yeah. Bett. Two things happened. Yeah. Daniel bet pot size and Ivy called. I mean, Ivy calling really does, like you're saying, it makes it much harder for Daniel now to call our check raise yeah. with, with um, a hand like Ace-10. It's so I mean, much harder. Forget Ace-10. How about Jack-10? Like, Ace-10 is only one of the types of 10s, and it's the most likely three bet, by the I way. don't think we're getting called by Jack-10 if we... Like, right. Like, we were, I, I was making the case that Daniel can call the check raise with Ace-10 because he can be chopping sometimes and get half the money that's yeah. in the pot and actually get more, make profit, because Phil has money in there, yeah, that, in there, too. That becomes problematic, because yep. if Ivy's going to fold all of his random 10s anyway... I don't see us getting called by Negreanu almost ever because Ace-10 makes up the probably the smallest percentage of his 10s that get here this way because that's the most likely preflop three bet huh? of all of his 10s. Maybe. Now, we see that Daniel called with nines, and maybe Daniel's been very cally, you know, and maybe. especially on the button and stuff like that, too. So maybe he can just have Ace-10, Ace-10 suited anyway. Um, but, I mean, I don't, but I don't know. But that's fair. But your, your point is certainly fair that if he's going to have a 10, that's the most likely three yeah. bet. Certainly that's yeah. true. So Antonio ends up calling, and it's just a super weird spot for everybody. So, so weird already. It's going to get weirder. Yep. It's going to get weirder. Huge pot now. $104,500. Yeah. Ivy's got trip tens with a king on the 5, 9, 10, 10 board with two clubs. On that same board, Antonio has a full house, fives full, and uh, Negrano's got nines full. Yep. For the winner. For the winner. The river's the queen of diamonds, which is a little bit scary for everybody. A little bit. Queen 10 is there for... 
Less Antonius than the other guys, but the other guys got Queen 10. I mean, Antonius certainly has Queen 10 suited, right? Now, how many combos of that are there? There is two combos of Queen 10 suited uh, for him to have. Uh, Certainly he's got that. He might even have Queen 10 off. He's Patrick. I'm thinking of post-flop actions, maybe making it slightly less likely for him to have Queen 10 than the other guys. You think he's going to bet the turn with Queen 10? I I would think more frequently than, than not. That's not crazy. Yeah. Either way, it's it's a slightly notable card. Yep. Ivy checks. I don't think there's anything else to do now. Now that Antonius is overcalled. Oh, my God. When Antonius overcalls, you're like, I'm not so sure I can beat Patrick too often here. I think if we're Ivy, we're really hoping it checks through. If it checks through, we win usually. No, actually, Patrick may have us anyway. He might. But maybe Patrick has, like, Jack-10 suited. Maybe. And we actually get to win. That's reasonable, right? It could happen. Because when the 10 pairs, and he's like, two guys? I don't know where I am. Yeah. And he like, but feels he has to call on the turn because Ivy could, because Daniel could be betting Queen Jack. Ivy can be calling with a whole bunch of tens, and Jack ten can be good. Yeah, um, kind that, of. That's a thing. the way that you're beating Antonius, but then you also have to be beating Negreanu, of course. Right. So you're really hoping it checks through. You usually win if it checks through. Yeah. Well, not usually. Sometimes. All right, Ivy checks. Okay. Do you think Antonius needs to bet now to capture value that he may have missed out on in the turn? I mean, he got a lot of value on the turn, I guess, if he was ahead. Anyway. It's a really good question because Daniel, what's Daniel going to bet on the river? Obviously, Daniel's going to bet his actual hand. Nine's yeah. full here, but... Is he going to bet ace-10? Yes. Doesn't he have to bet ace-10? Queen-10 is a little scary, but I guess you have to bet ace-10. Probably not too big of a bet, I would guess. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think you have to bet ace-10. Any full house you have to bet, obviously. Of course. Of course. Beyond that, I don't know. King-10 is tough. Yeah. If it checks to you even, it's really close because you're trying to basically get value out of Phil's 10, but then what does Patrick have? Yeah, maybe you can bet like a third of the pot with King 10 if you want to bet. I don't know. You need like Phil to be like really, have been like overly sticky with the straight on the turn, which just doesn't seem likely. Straight draw, excuse yeah. me. Really unlikely, right? Because I, I think Phil it was, was... It was pot on the turn. And he's out of position at these two players. I don't think he's calling with a straight draw. No, I think he's folding all the straight draws. Yeah, so if, like you said, Phil just has a 10. Yeah. So if we have a 10 also, what does Patrick have? Yeah. We just have to keep coming back to that. That said, I don't see how we don't bet ace-10 if it checks to us. Yeah, but probably small, right? Yeah. So is it better as Antonius to try to set the price, or do you think that could even scare away ace-10? Because it looks incredibly strong if we come out leading now that Negron has bet pot on the turn. If we bet small, ace-10 is just forced to call. Well, if ace-10 is going to bet small anyway, is there value in betting? Ah. Like, do we want to bet bigger? Like, do we want to bet, like, 60K to maximize value against ace-10? Or do we think ace-10 is just going to fold to 60K? It's a weird spot. Yeah. It's a really weird spot because, again, Patrick, by overcalling the turn, looks so strong. Yeah. And this is, by the way, one of the problems with, bet- with not betting the turn and checking it instead is we were able to range him. I guess him betting is pretty strong, too, though. His, either yeah. way, it looks like he's got at least trip 10s. It's impossible not to look strong. You're right. He's got at least trip 10s no matter what. Fair enough. Oh, man. What a, what a weird spot. Okay, so are we supposed to bet or check? If we check, Daniel doesn't really have any bluffs. I don't think Daniel's going to bluff. Phil looks like he's got trip tens, and Patrick looks like he's pretty strong too. Like at least trip tens. Well, how can you bluff into that? Right? You can't. You can't. If you have Queen Jack, you're just gonna have to give up. You probably should have given up on the turn, but if you didn't, you just have to give up now. I mean, you made you, top pair, by the way. You could talk yourself into it. You're, you're never winning with top I know. pair. You're like, I block Queen Queen. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Jack ten too. This is amazing. Uh, so I don't think Daniel's gonna bluff ever if we check. Essentially. So we. So for checking, we need him to bet for value. So we have to believe he can have. A, a good 10 here. Maybe could, in the most ambitious of worlds, could he have King Jack and have bet the turn as a bluff and now gotten there? Yes. So how does that happen? That happens where Phil was sticky on the flop with a nine. 
or seven eight or something like that. No, but then he called the turn. Nope, I can't. Get, Phil always has strip tens. Right, I know, but let's say Negreanu bet King Jack on the turn. Oh, before. right, because he doesn't know yet that Phil yeah. always has strip tens. Yeah. He's pretty sure Phil has a 10, but Phil could have a nine. Yeah. Oh, Phil definitely. Yeah, Phil can overcall with a nine on the flop, right? Yeah. Sure he can. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. He could have King Jack. And oh, that, that's interesting. And that hand would probably bet. Yeah, it has. If check two. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. got to bet. Because now we can get value out of both trip tens. Yeah. Someone's got, someone's going to pay him off. Yeah. That's what we'd assume. Yeah, it has to bet. If but that can bet, then probably ace 10 can bet too. Probably. It's one, it's one pip down. Yeah. Ace ten just no one else has king jack. We're ace, the only people who can have it. So ace ten just blocks the, the hands it's targeting. I know. I know, but I don't know what else to do. I, it seems impossible to check back ace ten here. Yeah. So what do you think then overall about Antonius's yeah. like play? I mean, part of it being out of flow makes it a little bit more more common to check here. You would think because he's not the aggressor at the moment in the hand. Oh man. If Ace Ten and King Jack are going to bet anyway, if we bet sixty k, what's Negreanu going to do with Jack Ten? He's going to fold. What's he going to do with King Ten? He's going to fold. Ivy's behind. Okay, let's check. Yeah, let's check and let him bet then. Because if he's going to fold those hands, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, and just Ivy's it, going to fold behind him then too, probably right. And if he and if he checks, we always win, and it's yeah. a pretty big pot anyway. Yeah, like we we did decent. It's we fine. Just, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Let's get on board with checking. That's what cool. we're going to do. So what Antonius does, he checks the fives. Great. Negreanu, of course, has to bet in position with oh my nines God. full. Nines full. This is amazing. Phil's got trip tens, and Patrick has something, too. Really yeah. good. Probably trip tens also. Probably. They both probably have trip tens here. This is amazing. All right. Negreanu bets 54 into 104. What do you think? I mean, sounds like you can call with trip tens. Yeah. I mean, it may, Phil's got a tougher spot, of course. But, but like, if, Phil, if, if it's one person is in the pot with him and they have trip tens, sounds like they're probably going to call for a half pot, right? Like Usually. A good, uh, certainly a good trip tens. Ace-10 has to call. Yeah. Well, Ivy's got a good trip tens. He's got Patrick behind him. Yeah, I think you can't really call, you can can't. you? I don't know if he can call with Ace-10 because yeah. he has Patrick behind him, quite frankly. I mean, Negreanu's, and Negreanu is Maybe. representing pretty extreme strength here. When he bets again now. Like, Especially because like we were saying, if you, if you had Ace-10, you would bet like a third of the pot, maybe. Right? Like, maybe. Maybe, 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 maybe he'd go half pot. Maybe he would. Feels ambitious, but maybe he would. Maybe he would. Um, but wow. But yeah, by I the way, Ace-10 beats King-10, so that doesn't help Ivy. That's a great point. That's a really great point. Yeah, like, we need Daniel now to have Jack-10 and be betting here. I don't believe. I don't believe he would do when Patrick overcalls yeah. the turn. So how can Phil be good? Phil can be chopping, maybe, with Daniel. That's as good as it gets. Yeah, you got you to fold. And we have Patrick behind us who might be beating us. Even if we're chopping with Daniel, we have to fold. Yep, got to fold. Yeah. Patrick just calling the turn changes the dynamic so much from Phil's point of view. It's really interesting. Yeah. And Ivy makes the fold. Yep. Good for him. Good fold. Should have folded pre-flop. Could have saved a lot of money. Yeah. But, you know, here we are. Here we are. All right. And, of course, Antonius just calls and loses, and that's the hand. Nope. No. But doesn't that seem like what you should do? Or should you I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to talk about it. Because what Antonius does do is he moves in for another 100K, 153K total. That's right. What do you think? I don't look. I've seen the Twitter stuff where people are talking about him overplaying the hand. I'm not sure he overplayed his hand here. I know he has the worst hand. I'm not in any way sure he overplayed it. And let me let me talk about why. How about you break it down instead of talking about it? Because that's the name of the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, we break it down by talking about it. But it's no, cool. no, no. They're different. <laughs> it's like a psychologist and a psychiatrist. Oh, okay. Prescribe some pills right now. The words help. The breakdown is drugs. Okay, so. First of all, what, what are we losing to? 
in our mind as Patrick, the only hand we're losing to is Queen 10, I think. I mean, we always have to give a little room when we're playing against these players sure. for, for a lot of different types of, course, of hands. Yeah. Of course. But such a small amount of combos yeah. to 10-9 and 9-9, like a quarter of a combo yeah. or something and like 10, that. 10 yeah, like yeah. so, so, so small. Queen 10 is like a real thing. Yeah. If we look at Queen 10, it's really only Queen 10 suited. Daniel's not calling Queen 10 off. Right. Um, there's two combos of that. We are losing to that. That's the nuts. That's effectively the nuts anyway. It's, not it's actually nuts. one combo. Is it one combo? Yeah, because there's the Queen of Diamonds, the 10 of Clubs, and the 10 of Hearts. Oh, I thought there were two diamonds on there. My bad. You're right. You're right. So there's one combo of Queen 10 okay, suited. Okay, so we're losing to one combo. Fair enough. One, one obvious combo. Correct. But if we say we want to include all the slow plays in there, too, now we're losing like 1.3 combos or something, right? Who knows? Negrano doesn't do a lot of post-flop raising in, in general. Yeah, but when he's three-handed, that board, I don't know. Uh, I think he has a set of nines on the flop. You see him do it? He that, did that, it. Right, but I'm saying it's incredibly rare, and we also thought it was surprising, right? Okay, so the next time we estimate combos for Negrano, we have to bump it up by 0.1 of the slow plays. Great. So I did. I went from 0.25 to 0.3, but you want to go to 0.4. You want, you, yeah, I want to go to 0.35, not 0.4. <laughs> I Said point one. Okay, okay. So it's got one point three five combos that are beating us, right? And we assume, like, we're not trying to bluff those. And that's right? an exact number, and you can yeah. you, you can run the math on that. It's true. Okay, but let's let's think about the other hands that are potentially out there. We just we said King Jack, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a quite a parlay to get here. I mean, sure, but there's some combos of it. If we think, if as long as Negrano bets the turn with it, we're there. That's right? the big problem. Yeah, he yeah. he bets pot, which is good in some ways because he might he would bet pot with King Jack. You right? would think he would sometimes bet pot with King yeah. Jack at least, yeah. Um, so and he might think he can win with that enough of the time. He folds a nine from Ivy and the overpair over or whatever or whatever is going on over there with Patrick, and it just gets to win enough. It would make it much better to bet with seven eight then because you don't block the overpairs that you're targeting. Fair enough, fair enough. But I think King Jack can be here at least some of the time. Yeah, you have to think that, right? I mean, there's 16 combos of King Jack. How many do you want to give him? I'm not saying you called all of them preflop. Let's say you called four suited combos preflop. So he's got four. How many do you want to give him that can be here now? Half of them, so two. Great. I'm totally down with that. Maybe even that's a little generous. Yeah. Let's go one and a half. Is he calling with that hand if we, when we move in? I assume he's calling with that hand. Okay. I assume he is. Um, not beating any value. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> uh, so that's part of it. So there's one and a half combos, let's say, of King Jack, which is a hand that we're beating that can bet like this for value and has to at least very strongly call us, uh, consider calling us, and I think probably have to call us. Um, if, we're, if we're Patrick, we're thinking that. Okay, that's that. Another thing, Ace-10 is a hand that really could have bet here, right? Yeah. And Phil Ivey folded. Now, Phil Ivey took a long time to fold, so it yeah. looks like Phil probably had a 10, yep. right? So there is that. That's but as problem. Patrick, we don't have a 10 in our hand. Right? We got, we got a full house. So Daniel can have ace-10. Yeah. Now, Daniel may know that we don't have a 10 in our hand because Phil took a long time. Yep. That's, that's a problem. Yep. I'll grant you that. But I think we, we would, what's happening here, very clearly, is Patrick is targeting ace-10 and maybe king-jack with this move in. Right? What else could he possibly be targeting? That seems like it. He's not targeting nines full. He doesn't want Garner to have that hand. certainly isn't. He's not bluffing. Yeah. Um, he's not trying to get nines full to fold. You'd never think nines full would fold here for 100K more or whatever, right, in this pot at this point. Like, yeah. You wouldn't think that. Um, but Ace-10 may feel obligated to call. King-Jack may feel obligated to call, right? King-Jack is a great one to target because King-Jack makes sense, right? That means Ivy had a 10. As Negrano, we knows that, but there's still a 10 out there that Patrick can have. We're beating Ace-10. 
Do you think Antonius is going to check shove with Ace-10? I don't know, but pocket fives is only two pips away from Ace-10. Yeah, but it feels a little different. I don't know what that means. Feels a little different. It's two pips away. Ace-10 blocks the hand that we want to get called by, one of the major hands we want to get called by, which is Ace-10. We're targeting, trying to get called by Ace-10. By the way, we lose to King-Jack with Ace-10. No, I know that. That's not great. Maybe we get Ace-10 to fold sometimes. Not that we're really trying to get Ace-10 to no. fold. I think, um, but we have pocket fives. We don't have Ace-10. So we're trying to get called. We're not blocking any of the stuff we want to get called by, right? I think this is a highly ambitious move in. I'm not sure if it's good or not. I think it's on the razor thin edge of of thin value. I think it's safe enough to move in because it's so hard to imagine Daniel had a full house before the river. I understand he did, but it's so hard to imagine that, that, okay, we're losing to exactly queen 10 from a pot from a stack-to-pot point of view, this is just a normal move-in size. So it isn't like we're super deep. We're, gonna lo- we're not moving in for 12 times the pot. I know, but in a, in a pot that has a bet on the flop, turn, and river, a check raise on the river is an incredibly strong move. It's a strong play, of course. But it's only 100 k more also, which yeah. I know $100,000 is a lot of money, but there's 158500 in the pot. We're moving in for 153 total. Like, that's just a normal raise. It's saying, I've got a strong hand, bro. I hope you have ace-10 and you can call me. I hope you have king-jack and you can call me. And if I'm wrong, it only costs me 900 k And for Patrick, that's fine, right? Like, like so don't have to worry about that. This is just, uh, I'm, I'm finally showing strength. But it's really, but it's really all about if it's a plus EV move or not. Of course. I'm not convinced that it is. I don't know if it is or not either, quite frankly. And based on the next action, I think we really have to ask ourselves if it's plus EV. Yeah, because Daniel Negreanu folds. Daniel folds. He folds nines fold, which is a great outcome for Patrick and his fives This fall. ends up being the best possible way to play this hand for Patrick, as it turns out. Any other way to play it, I don't think he can ever get a fold. So any assumptions Antonius had about Daniel's potential calling range may have lined up with your assumptions and yes. were incredibly wrong. By the way, my assumptions are Patrick's assumptions. That's what I'm really doing here, to be clear, right? Yeah, but you were also making the I'm making the case for it. Yeah. I don't really know is the truth. That's yeah. why I'm saying I don't know if this is a good move in or not. Because right. I don't actually know if Daniel's calling with all those things. When we see him folding nines full, it's really hard to believe he's calling with ace 10. Yeah, I don't think he is. Right? Especially then he knows he has a 10. Ivy almost certainly had a 10. What the hell does Patrick have? All right. right. How about the fold? Let's talk about the okay, fold. Okay, let's do it. It seems pretty obvious what's going on, right? He's putting Patrick on quads? He's assuming that Patrick thinks that Daniel has at least ace-10 here. Yeah. And is trying to get value. Yeah. And so if Patrick's trying to get value against ace-10, what's he doing it with? Well, five's full. Five's full is an answer. Yeah. Queen-10 is another answer. We don't think King-Jack is there for Patrick, right? He's folding on the turn. The problem is Queen-10 looks... This hand looks a lot more like Queen-10 than pocket-fives from Daniel's point of view. Yeah. Right? Because he checked, called the turn. Yeah. That looks like Queen-10. Right? Pocket fives, we're surprised he doesn't bet. Queen 10, we wouldn't expect him to bet. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it'd be very thin to bet it. It's not impossible to bet. He could have bet Queen 10. But it's pretty thin. Yeah. Right? With Daniel behind you, Ivy still in the hand, like, you could bet it. But you could really check call there, too. That's a safer play. Pocket fives, it's really surprising that he decides to call or check call. Right? Yeah. Really surprising. So, from Daniel's point of view, it really looks like Queen 10. I think Daniel's putting Antonius on either quad 10s, which is hard to do because it looks like Ivy folded a 10 or Queen 10. Yeah, I don't know how you could put them on quad tens. The thing is, if Ivy folded a 10, we're down to three combos of queen. No, suited, suited, sorry. So it's like one combo, right? It's one combo. Uh, yeah, it is one combo. Jeez. But maybe Patrick opens queen 10 off. Maybe he does. He might. He might. He's in the hijack. Yeah. It's possibly does. Okay, that opens it up a little bit again. Yeah. Okay. Um, if that's true, even There's... if we think he's, if he's opening queen 10 off and plays queen 10 off like this, 
most of the time, I don't know if that's true, but let's pretend for a second. Let's live in that fantasy world. He's got three combos of pocket fives. He's doing this for value. We assume as Daniel, um, maybe, maybe one combo of 10-9, although I don't know if 10-9 suited is blocked here because th- two tens and three nines are out from Daniel's point of view. Is it uh, yeah, that's right. Let's see. Can so he have 10-9 suited? The 10 of hearts and the 10 of clubs are out there. Yep. And uh, Daniel's got which nines? Nine of spades, nine of hearts. So yeah, there's, not, there's diamonds. Yeah. So no, no, nine diamonds is on the board. Oh, no. Sorry. So it's one of them is, right? Clubs. It's clubs. The ten of clubs is out there. Ten of hearts, nine of diamonds is the flop, right? Yeah, but the oh, ten then of the clubs, turn. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no. So ten we need suited. diamonds or spades, and Daniel has and his nines are no it's diamonds. So diamonds is possible. Nope, the nine of diamonds. No, there's no, right. there's no. There's no. There's nothing. Suited. Yeah, no ten of suited from Daniel's perspective. Okay. Wow, that was too much work. It's it's that's a little harder than it seems. It was. Yeah. It was hard. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> so um, okay. So there's. Some combos of queen 10. There's three combos subjectively assuming that Ivy folded a 10. There's more combos if we don't assume right. Ivy folded a 10. I think we have to assume Ivy folded a 10. Yeah. So there's three combos of that. There's three combos of pocket fives. Well, if we just knew that that was the value. Then we have to call. We always call. Yeah. We call comfortably. We're like, oh, you had, you had queen 10 that time. So the next question is, do we think Patrick could ever move in with a hand like pocket fives? Well, obviously, Daniel doesn't think it's happening. Right. That must be it. It's not just... I'm getting the right price here. It's, yeah. he, he would only move in with the nuts here. I think Daniel, it's, it's, the thing that's weird about it to me is like Daniel underplayed his hand. I know he went pot turn and, really, and bet half pot on river into two players, and it looks like everyone has good hands. But he didn't raise the flop. Yeah. So it looks like Daniel's best hand ever here is ace-10, right? Well, he knows, Jack. he knows it's not. Right. Yeah, he knows it's not, right. And maybe ever is a little strong, but most of the time it's going to be like King, maybe King Jack is the best hand he has yeah. most of the time. And we're way ahead of King Jack. But the only thing we're beating that's different is pocket fives, right? Mm-hmm. Pocket fives is it. So, but that's three combos of value that we're beating, I which think are going to matter The here. check on the turn probably fucked with Negrano. It wasn't really yep. about the check moving, removing pocket fives from Antonius's I range. Agree. It was that Antonius checked the turn. You just always think he's betting the turn when yeah. the 10 pairs, especially. So I could see as, as Negrano thinking like, okay, the only hands that it makes sense for Antonius to do this with are nine, 10 suited pocket fives and queen 10. And the way this hand played out, uh, I don't think he has pocket fives because of the turn. Nine, 10 is not possible, even though I'm losing, so I'm losing to that. So I removed that. That's good. But queen 10 is entirely possible based on all the actions. It's the most likely hand of yeah. those to be played like this all, all the way through. I agree. So, I agree with and that. And then that's how it concluded to fold. And I think I get it. I think I'm, I think I'm on board. What do you I, think? I really get that, too. And I think if that's our thought process, we should fold. Yeah. Especially if he has queen 10 off in his range. Yeah, of course. Because that adds a little bit. Now, of course, he isn't always going to play. He's going to bet queen 10 off sometimes on the turn. Sometimes. But we don't know how often. And it's just the most likely. It's that hev- by, by no means. It's the heaviest weighing of those hands. Yep. No question. Which, of course, 10-9 suited is 0% weighed because we know it's impossible. Right. Uh, we, or we really strongly believe Ivy's got... He's got to have a 10. Yeah. He just has to. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we're okay with the fold then? Well, here's the thing. Daniel's wrong about how Patrick's ranging him. Yep. So maybe it doesn't matter, right? Daniel's just like, thinks like based on all of it, the only hand that really makes sense is queen 10. So who cares? And Patrick is sitting here like, oh, Daniel can have ace 10 and call me or king jack and call me. So... That's and, and how does Daniel have a week? How does Daniel have me beat except Queen Ten? I don't really see it. Is this hand another great illustration of the argument for distribution use? Mm. Because we didn't even talk about that, but like 
Negreanu is doing this obviously based on a read and an understanding of game flow and what he expects Patrick to do with certain hands. And those assumptions by one of the best players in the world were wrong, right? Right. So what distribution does is it eliminates our assumptions. But what would be the right distribution call here? Wouldn't we rather have a 10 in our hand than not? Because uh, we block queen 10? Don't we want to block queen 10? Like imagine if we have a 10 in our hand, then how does Patrick ever have queen 10? He can't. Because Ivy always had a 10. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't have queens. But now he's got to have fives or nines, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. And it doesn't actually, I don't know if that saves us. But I think, is it, so do we, I'm just wondering what we're even, where nines even fall in the, distri- the calling distribution on this check race. I guess that's hard to say. I really don't know the answer to that. Like, geez. Because like. If you just go by pure hand rank, maybe. Maybe when, okay, when, you, sure when you, you can't can figure yeah. out stuff, you just go by hand rank, right? Right. So then, it, then it's pretty high because it's like, sometimes we, we never have quads. Pretty much. Like, it's really hard to have quads, not three-bet preflop. It's possible. I mean, we did it with nines, so we know we can have tens. Yeah. At least a little bit. Maybe a little less often than nines, but it's at least possible. Do we take into account that it's impossible for us to have quads because we know Ivy had a 10? Is oh, that part? I think we should. Is that, I think we should, That's yeah. part of our distribution? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And also, Patrick knows we can't have quads. Yeah. I mean, part of this, too, though, distribution is also used partially to, like, help us pick off bluffs, right? Do we think Patrick's ever bluffing here? It seems hard. Right, so if we don't think he's ever bluffing, I'm not saying we shouldn't use distribution, but we should be aware, like, blocking bluffs isn't such a big deal, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter. There's nothing to block, or unblocking bluffs, I should say. Well, it let's just matter. do it by pure hand rank. Okay. You know, like, where, where are we? Because we would play, I guess we would play fives full like this, too, sometimes. Okay, that does, well, this is better than that. Yeah. Um, we would play 9-10 like this sometimes. This is worse than that. Yes. No, 9-10 is better. Oh, this is worse. You're right, yeah. yeah. This is one pip worse. Yeah, we would worse. play queen-10 like this sometimes. Yep. This is worse. Yep. It's just queen 10 and 9 10. That's it. And king jack, we would sometimes play like this, which is, which is worse than this hand. Right. You keep saying worse and you mean it in different ways. Yeah. So, worse, so worse, king, worse. King jack and fives are worse. Yeah. Um, ace 10, of course, is worse. Yeah. Not that we would, well, I guess we consider calling. Ace 10 is worse. Uh, queen, queen 10 and 9 10 are better. Yeah. That's what we know. We know there aren't very many combos of queen 10 and 9 10. There's only a little, like, there's a lot more combos of the stuff that's, that, we're, that we're ahead of. Then we're that you know then are better than us. I mean, it depends on if we're playing Ace Ten like this all the way through. It also depends if we're really betting King Jack on the turn. Right, often. and if we are, it's, like we said, we gave it one point five combos, so it's right. not that much. Right. And there's only three combos of fives. Right. Okay, but there's so we're somewhere in the middle of our distribution. We're closer to the top than the bottom, though. I think yeah. that's pretty clear, right? Even if we just say there's three combos of fives and one and a half combos of King Jack. Yeah. Above us, there's at best. One combo of one queen combo ten. of queen ten and one combo of nine ten. Yeah, there's only two combos ahead of us and four and a half below us. That makes us a call most of the time. Yeah, and actually all the time because that we can just slice off because we're getting a, a price to call. Right. So we can just call with tens from that point of view. Now Negron is clearly making an exploitative fold here. Yeah, right? he thinks Patrick has to have queen ten essentially, and it's just like why give him the extra hundred thousand if I know he's got it? Right. Like, who cares about distribution? And that's a fair reason to do it. It is. You just have to be right most of the time. And maybe he is right most of the time. He probably is right most of the time, but he wasn't right this time. And this comes back to what you're saying is like we don't have to outthink ourselves always. We could just, you know, like if you're not if you're not good enough at outthinking anyway, like this is a great way to figure things out. It's a very reasonable way to figure yeah. things out. 
Yep. Well, that's uh, that's a big pot to not win. Oh, my God. It's got to be so heartbreaking for Daniel, too. He said he's been thinking about this for months because they filmed it months ago. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, he actually put out a, a half-hour video explaining his thought press on it and breaking down what, where he's yeah, coming from. Yeah, we haven't seen it. We have not watched it, right, because um, I didn't want to spoil our own thought process on this. I wanted to be you know as natural as possible, of course. But I am super curious to hear what he has to say about it. I imagine it's going to be some version of what we came to, but who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's a 400K pot he would have won had he called. I know, man. And that's like real money. And yeah, I know New Rounders made of money, but that's real money to him for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a really tough spot. It's, it's rough. And, and, you know, the other thing is he was getting three to one. We didn't yeah. really talk about how good the price really that's was. That's true. He's getting three to one. Yeah. That makes nines almost an insta call anyway, doesn't it? He went pure exploit. You know, in the old days on high stakes poker, he was always calling these spots when he was sure he was beat on the river and he got raised. Yeah, I'm thinking of pocket sixes, the one where he had um, where he flopped the straight against Lindgren, who made quads. Mm-hmm. Um, there were other examples of this too, and he always called and he always lost, right? And so maybe at some point he thought, "Why am I making these calls when I know I'm losing? Like, what am I doing?" Right? And I think it's at least a fair question to ask. That said, it's possible all those calls were fine. Yep. It is. You know, you're going to lose a lot when you're getting this kind of a price. You don't have to win very often. That's part of it, right? He wins one every four times. He's fine. Is he going to win one every four times is the only question you should be asking himself. If he thinks the answer is no, I guess he's supposed to fold nines anyway. But if you're not sure, use distribution, and then you're going to come to a call. Well, I guess you were wrong about Patrick Antonius' time in the sun being over. He just, you know... Wow. He just gets another great win with, like, the like. how could you possibly beat nines with fives in this hand? He did it somehow. I mean, it's so funny to, like, shove for value, get the fold, and then you fold it out a better hand. It's so bananas when the hands are this strong. Yeah. So crazy. I'm sure, Patrick, it never occurred to him that he could fold out nines full. Right. That nines full was there, of course, but also that, like, he's like, just don't snap call with queen 10 and I'm good. You know, that's what he's thinking, right? Please have king jack take a while and call. Yeah. Put me on ace 10. Think you have to call. Yeah, whatever. when the Grandus started taking, I'm sure Antonius was, was oh, yeah. praying for a call. Yeah, he's like, oh, you have ace 10 or king jack. This is great. Just what I was hoping. You know, you're getting three to one. Don't you have to call with those fucking hands? Come on, man. You know? You, and you then. But, you butt. Here we are instead. Here we what are a, instead. What Patrick. an insane thing. Patrick wins again. Always. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life. And I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. And gonna be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.